0: Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Brett East online. Brett, how are you? I'm doing great. What about yourself? I am doing great on this sunny, sunny day, and those are always fun to have. So thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, You've got an interesting story and a new author as well, a new book. So why don't you share a little bit about you, and then we'll dive into the new book and and chat about that.
1: Absolutely. I live in Seattle. Um, The book is called A Gay Man's Guide to Life, and I wrote it as a love letter to the queer community. Um, I wanted to be the big brother that maybe they never had. Um, If growing up, they lacked resources or access to, you know, certain knowledge or wisdom or insights, that's what I'm trying to provide in the book. Um, So I've been doing this work for two decades now, and this was my first foray into writing an entire book. I've been a writer my entire life, but I've never done a project quite like this. And I was hesitant. It's a lot of work and a huge commitment. And also because I was nervous about sharing so much personal history and finding a way that would simultaneously preserve the anonymity of everyone involved, yet still paint a rich picture so the reader could relate to where I've been and what I've gone through. And I also didn't want to make myself the center of the story. I wanted the reader to be the hero in the journey. And so it took me a long time to figure out a way to do that. And I realized that I could flip the script instead of just writing a straight up memoir. I could um, make it more about my experience, strength and hope along the way. Um, and then interweave my personal story uh, as a way to build rapport and credibility with the reader and, and give some context. And most importantly, so the reader knows that they're not alone. And that was my intention with the book. And so I just broke down all the major facets of life um, into logical categories like body, mind, spirit, career, finance, um, family, friends, and and, you know, so readers can dip in and dip out um, based on whatever topic that they might be struggling with in a given period of their life.
0: That's you know, an amazing story and and love how you you laid the book out and those books where you can pop in and grab something as you need and come back. And, you know, obviously I would recommend, you know, people read the entire book, but you know, dog ears or bookmarks or whatever the case may be for those particular sections. Because as, as you know, you know, throughout life, different challenges come up at different times. And, and you said something, you know, very early on that, you know, really impressed me was you know, the intent of your book was to be a, a big brother to people and even though you know as society you know pride month and and all the other things that are happening it's more uh, pardon the pun out there you know okay I i don't want to be funny on that i'm not trying to be but it's more out there and you know people thankfully are more accepting of people of who they are You know, in in all the aspects of it, you know, I'm I'm thrilled that we're seeing this in the world, um, for my own children, family, everybody else, and for me, you know, again, I go back to the big brother thing because I know. There was a time not very long ago, and even in may, depending on you know, where you live in the world, there may be you know, a situation where you can't be as open about your sexuality and, and, and what, you, you know, what you believe in and, and who you are uh, because of societal conditions or government rule or whatever like that to provide you know, a place for someone to go to. Is such an important aspect of it. So, thank you for writing the book first and foremost, because I know um, you know the LGBTQ community desperately needs it, and you know, and I and I would even encourage you know the, the people that are female read it as well, because I know that there's things in in the book that are, um, you know, very applicable. You know, doesn't matter what your gender is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I did a subtle thing with the naming of the book. I did not call it a guide to life for gay men. I called it a gay man's guide to life, meaning from my lived experience. And I make no bones about the fact that I wrote it in our cultural language to appeal directly to our hearts. But in reality, it's just kitchen table, time-honored wisdom that is applicable to all walks of life. And anybody could read it and and get something from it. And especially if you um, have a gay person in your life that you know and love, this is a way that you could understand them better um, and, and get to know more of where they're coming from. Look, there's never been anything like it in recorded human history, meaning the advancements in civil rights that gay people have made over the past few decades. decades. Um, And it's mind-boggling. What I experienced, the trauma that I experienced growing up was very different than, than people a few generations older than me and very different than kids coming up today. Like you said, depending on where you live. But the reality of the situation is even with all of that wonderful progress. Um, coming out is still not a single experience. It's a very prag- it's a, it's a lifelong series of pragmatic decisions. Um, what I have found in my own life being out for about 30 years now at this point, um, that, that, that date is really when I started publicly telling my story and sharing more of who I am, but I'm still coming out today. The other week I came out at the grocery store. I mean, it just happened. We we continually in society, it's just normal human behavior. We make assumptions about other people just because we're so busy living our lives and don't maybe have time to consider the fullness of someone's story or humanity. And so in those moments as queer people, we make a pragmatic choice. Do we have the agency? Do we have the wherewithal, the means to share some more of who we are in that moment when maybe somebody's made an assumption and then, and we have the opportunity to correct them, or do we fear for our lives or livelihood? And it just depends on the details. And so that's why I think there's no shame in in stepping back and and. Um, you know, closeting is the wrong term. But it's, you know, stepping back slightly and and, and taking, waiting for your moment and, and, and taking stock. And that, and it's also why every time that somebody reveals who they truly are, that is something to be celebrated.
0: I was at a conference uh, in, it was actually in Tampa. I was uh, in um, the beginning of 2019 uh, before the pandemic. And there was, about 200 people. Uh, it was a podcasting conference and uh, there was an individual um, that was there to present because basically the, the, the premise of the, the concept of the conference was this was a show uh, for people to get on podcast shows to be interviewed type of situation. And they would teach you, the, you know, the techniques to be a good guest and how to pitch and all of that kind of stuff. And this gentleman um, you know, stood up and he was giving his pitch to uh, the podcast hosts that were there. I happened to be one of them, uh, and there was you know thirty something others. So uh, we were all doing this. He publicly came out for the first time at that conference, and he got a standing ovation. And people were warm and welcoming, and the transformation that we saw in him and obviously he's he's gone on to do some great things he's doing some great things he's actually working doing work with that organization that runs that conference now uh, i don't think that was his initial intent or even an idea back then but he's really good at uh, the type of things that he needed so it it worked out you know perfectly well but the thing that impacted me the most about that was i saw the transformation from him from you know, the shoulders being relaxed and he was finally able to be who he is. And you, you mentioned something a couple of minutes ago that jumped out at me. It was, you know, something, you have to wait for that moment for you to identify, you know, whether you're you're coming out uh, as a gay person or, you know, if you're going to be ending a marriage or all these things. There's that moment where you're like, you, you want to, you want to see it. But you're, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. But from what you said, there's a hesitancy and it's more of a self-protection component because ultimately none of us want to get hurt um, emotionally, physically, or otherwise. Um, But we also want our true selves to be out of course everyone likes to be accepted of course but you know when those situations come up as, as you mentioned a couple of minutes ago as well you know you know in in the, the life of a gay person it's not just a okay on on february 22nd sure. you know 2019 i announced to the world that i am gay and all that stuff no it's as you said every interaction with somebody you haven't met before, or maybe it's somebody you haven't seen in a long time, they may not know. Mm-hmm. So it's, I I'm, for me, you know, I'm I'm a straight person, but for me, I, I I think about that and I go, okay, what, you know, do I do myself? You know, do I need to do to make sure that I am portraying myself as an open, warm, and welcoming human being? So if someone, if, you know, has this desire to share something to me whether it's they're coming out or anything else how do I give them as my better half likes to say a soft pillow yeah, it's so like here and she uses that especially on how i treat my 19 year old daughter um she's like, you need to be harder on her i'm like but she's too much like me the other ones i could be hard on no i'm not hard i'm not hard on any of my kids so at least uh, they may have a dis- different opinion on that but that's a different episode uh but no I, I know i said a lot there but it was just some you know my, things that came to mind as i was talking about this is you know and i'm i know your book touches on this as well it's like okay this is how you do it. This is not a okay, uh, everything's good, trumpets playing, whatever, mm-hmm. and then everything's done. It's like, no, it's life is ongoing. Yeah. And, you know, different things that we are and things we do and all that, you know, it's an elevator pitch in a kind of way, which is a weird analogy for it, I guess. But at the end of the day, it's like you know, that that was one of those eye opening things you just said. It's like that's something you have to deal with on a daily basis, potentially. So yeah. love to hear your thoughts but, on that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, sometimes you just don't want to deal with it. Sometimes you're just tired or in a hurry. And it's like, oh, now I have to like, create this space to have a moment and I'm just trying to get through the grocery store and, and get on to my next thing. Other times, like you said, maybe you're embarrassed or maybe you're afraid. Or I mean, it runs the gamut. The reasons why we, why we shrink from those moments or, or rise to meet those moments, they really run the gamut. And I love what you said because this is what is so incumbent, I think, for straight people to do is to create the space for soft landings, to create the refuge for the full range of diversity, whether it's racial, gender, or sexual orientation, um, it is immoral to require those of us bearing the burden of bigotry to also, um, you know, be responsible for eradicating it. And so it's straight work to create that space for gay people just like it's male work to create it for women or white work to create it for people of color and so i, I really love what you what you said um, you know i think the best way to signal inclusion is to be truly living a life that authentically celebrates diversity and that is going to shine through if you try and code switch with your language um, you know, and that means um, all of a sudden speaking terms that you think gay people want to hear. Um, that's going to be transparent. That's not going to work. That's going to feel weird and off-putting and and a little cringy. That's not how you do it. Um, on the other hand, if you are naturally living your life, encountering gay art and literature and music and cinema and people and open and cultivating a sense of openness to it and actually allowing it to come into your heart and permeate your life, you're going to exude that um, acceptance and even celebration uh, of gay people in a way that you don't even really have to think about. People are just going to come, uh, you know, you're going to attract people like a beacon. Um, So you don't have to say, hey, I have a gay friend you don't have to say, oh, my brother's gay. You you can share those things about your life, but if that's what you lead with, might come off as a little bit strange. On the other hand, if you are continually creating space and resisting assumptions about others, about how they lead their lives or what it means to be gay, or what you think gay culture is or is not, then I think inevitably you're going to attract more diversity into your life. And it's going to be a positive feedback loop where your life gets richer and stronger and more diverse um, throughout the course of your entire life.
0: Yeah. The, the world is a wonderful colorful place and made up of all kinds of different people, personalities, backgrounds flavors you name it and as i've gotten older because i grew up in areas that were you know predominantly on my first city that was, and it was actually predominantly black. Um, so I was, uh, would be, you know, deemed a minority um, in that type of situation, but I never looked at it that way. Um, and even, you know, you know, growing into different communities where it was predominantly white, you know, it felt weird to me. I'm like, no, I need, I need some more flavor. And, you know, where I you know, live in Toronto, because I split my time between Toronto and San Diego, I, there's, you know, a billion different cultures here. And, you know, gay, straight, oath, neither, you you name it. Um, And it's a wonderful experience to be in because you experience life, rich, and and seeking to understand. I think that's one of the things I, I hammer home with people whether it's in dispute resolution or burnout recovery or anything else, seek to understand you know leave leave the judge robe you know back home and just okay and be inquisitive in, in a non-judgmental condemning way or just you know out of curiosity you know g- return back to when we were little kids and we were curious about things because we were learning uh, never stop learning and, and understand and thankfully you know with, you know, the advancements that you've seen and I've seen, you know, in, in recent memory, you know, it's it's more open. We're learning more about things. And it's, um, you know, I had a business partner, you know, a few years ago, um, lesbian. Um, I think the world of her. I don't think of her as a lesbian. I think of her as Arlene. I don't think of her on anything else being we actually grew up like 20 minutes apart from each other even though we never knew each other back then but you know it's one of those things where the world is a small place but at the end of the day i find that the more open and willing and you know going back to the soft pillow analogy if we approach life that way because everybody's dealing with something you know even during this pandemic everybody's been dealing with all kinds of different things um and you know including you know relationships not being able to see friends and family and all the things we've had to deal with and hopefully that you know is ending in in many places and thankfully it is but the more open and willingness we are and just accepting people for who they are and celebrating who they are gives them the encouragement to be happy and fulfilled in life and that's ultimately what I want for everyone I want people to be happy and fulfilled and whatever they have in their life, whether it's relationships, things, where they live, the type of job they have, all that stuff, happy and fulfilled, boy oh boy, does that make life a whole lot more rich and fulfilling, uh, for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It all starts with curiosity. Curiosity is what leads to empathy and empathy is what's gonna lead to celebration. Most queer people are not looking for tolerance. We're not even looking for acceptance. What we want is to be fully integrated into all facets of society, especially legally. And then, out of that, we want it to—we want to be celebrated in who we are. We are not a monolith. the The LGBTQIA plus community is so broad and varied and wide. It's hard for us to even keep track of all the terms. And it's our work to create uh, the sense of generosity to extend our hearts to those who would love us and allow them to put their feet in their mouth from time to time, to say the wrong thing, to step in a cow pie, to make a mistake and love them anyway, because we see the intention and the effort and we honor um, you know, all that's behind that rather than um, keeping score. And what it's the job of um, straight people is to take those risks. It's so tempting as straight people, especially in the world of social media, where everything is documented and potentially incriminating and and really embarrassing and permanent, <laughs> it's so tempting to just clam up. And unfortunately, that aids oppression. What we need is for straight people to take the risk, you're going to say the wrong thing. You're going to do something dumb. Just like guys are going to say the wrong thing about women, the white people are going to say the wrong thing about people of color, and we need to be messy and love anyway in spite of that. We need to learn how to own up to our mistakes, ask ask for forgiveness, make amends, and get back to doing the hard work. Both. In, um, personal introspective work and interpersonal loving work. And it, that messiness, that's where the richness of life happens. Life is not some clean, you know, picture-perfect, gift-wrapped package with a bow on it. That is, that is an illusion. Life is in, the richness is in the messy details. That's where the, the beauty of
0: diversity exists. Yes, life is definitely messy and I've definitely found myself in many piles and as a kid, I had an aunt and uncle that had a farm. I always had this affinity to find the cow pies. My dad my dad was always was like, do you not look where you walk? And I said, I do. But I'm obviously, when I look down, I'm already in the pile and stepped into it. So I always went, you know, my shoes went in the trunk and I was barefoot going home after visits and dad would take the shoes out in the garage and hose them off and probably gag a few times and you know, all that good stuff. So I feel bad for my, for my dad having to do that, but he still loved me, which was good. Uh, So before we wrap up um, in your book, it was, is there a, A favorite section, I mean, you know, books are kind of like kids in a way. It's like, you don't, you don't, you don't have a favorite one. You're not supposed to, but, and same with your books, you know, there may or may not be a favorite chapter or or section, but there, there's one that, you know, when you review it and and talk about it, you go, you know what, that one is really impactful to either yourself or, or to the people that you help.
1: So uh, my background is in poetry And um, as a writer, and um, there are poetic moments in the book, the book is really straightforward, logical and linear, because that's kind of how my brain works. It's not new agey at all. But there are a few moments in there where the feelings are so tender that I purposely waded back into the more artistic realm. Um, in particular, there's a section on relations between straight guys and gay guys. uh, Um, and how, how in the heck can the two groups be friends? And that was so such a sensitive topic to me personally, given all of my past trauma that I waded into that more poetic license space. And every time I read it, it still takes me back to those feelings and is and is really touching to me personally. And I've gotten a lot of letters from guys who either wonder why they are such good friends with straight guys and, and naturally gravitate towards straight guy culture and have felt guilty about it. And this maybe gave them space to accept that love and accept themselves and accept those friendships. And on the other hand, guys who are still apprehensive Whenever a straight guy walks in the room, am I going to be bullied, beaten, um, you know, et cetera? And so um, that is probably one of the more, you know, that's what comes to mind as one of the more touching areas of the book, at least to me personally.
0: No, that's great, no, and I think that's um, again, it, it it gives people permission and and guidance on how to navigate some you know, questions that they may have, and they yeah they didn't have a big brother or somebody that they could consult with and your book uh, has created that opportunity for people to, to read it and, and to learn from it. And I, I, highly encourage everybody, you know, listening to the show, gay, straight, or otherwise to, to read this book. I think it, it gives, you know, it'll, it'll move us everybody more towards you know, being as inclusive as humanly possible and empathetic to the challenges that you know we may not be aware that people face on a daily basis so brett thank you so much for your time today really appreciate you and and the time you took for for the chat and obviously for writing the book so where can people find out more about you the book and everything else you're doing
1: yeah it's my pleasure thanks for having me it's real easy go to my website BritEast.com. That's the hub for all of my work. I have tons of free articles there that, that, that are um, consolidated there. I have a blog there. I have links to all of my socials. All of that is free. And then, of course, I have a, have a link to all of the participating online retailers where you can purchase my book. And there, it's available wherever books are
0: sold as well. That's awesome. And I'll definitely have that in the show notes. So, Britt, thank you again for your time today. I've really enjoyed this conversation and and congratulations on the book and all the amazing work you do. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of The Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.